And that charming cacophony tells you that you're listening once again to the Power of Three podcast. But there's a difference because it's 2024. It's our first episode of the year. Hooray! Hooray! I'm Kenny Smith and I'm here with my pal, my former work colleague and general all-round fun fella. There we go, fun fella. That's a new description for you. Get that on your business card. You better say hello, fun fella. Hello, I'm the fun fella. I'm... Stephen Day, everyone calls me Stevie, and I'm here with my former work colleague and pal and handler of Daleks, as I see for the YouTube channel, Kenny Smith. Hello. <laughs> hello, Dalek. Oh, hello, Dalek, lovely Dalek. Do you speak? No. Mm, he's, been okay. he's, mute, he's broken. He's broken. Well, no, he's not broken, <laughs> broken, but his vocal facility is gone. Anyway, Stevie, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Kenny. I cannot believe it's 2024. I know. It's amazing. It's it's flown, flown by so quickly. Mm. I mean, to think that a year ago, Power of Three was on hiatus for quite a long time. And then over the course of the past year, we've done 70 odd episodes. Isn't yeah, it madness? You've, you've kind of made up for the hiatus, I have to say. Most most people would take a hiatus and think, yeah, we'll bung out a few episodes. That's a lot of episodes, Kenny. Well, it's a lot of fun. That's the important thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yes, I hope uh, you hope you had a good New Year, you and yours, and of course I hope that you enjoyed our Hogmanay episode yesterday with our wonderful special guest Jacqueline King. What a treat! What a treat! You you just come up with these people, Kenny. How do you do it? It's I mean, if I were to ask somebody famous, they would say, "No, oh, sorry." Well, if you're nice to people and uh, you know treat them with respect and due deference and a little bit of fun, then. They usually come on and chat. In fact, I've actually um, literally just before we started sent a message to somebody famous off the telly who I've interviewed before and has a Doctor Who connection. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully they will come on and have a chat. They are very, very well known, particularly if you watch um, Channel 4. But uh, say no okay. more for now. Right, okay. So there. Who knows, Kenny, hey? Who knows? Absolutely. That's very Tom Baker. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, we're not here to talk about Tom Baker today. We're here to celebrate the new year by talking about something that's never been done in this podcast before. We have never actually discussed episodes of Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Shock horror. And we've never before discussed three episodes, hence the power of three, Kenny. That's very, very good. But yes, this episode's sort of going back to our roots where there's two of us doing the work of three and uh, sadly John couldn't make it with us but he's um, he's doing something very, very kind. We're not going to say what it is but um, no. we, all we can say is, John, you're an absolute gentleman and we both think the world of you and you are a superstar. So Absolutely top man. Yeah, please, man. please don't be embarrassed uh, when you hear this. Well, I know you will be but um, we think the world of you and that's fantastic and hopefully we will hear your dulcet tones very very soon so yeah we are going to discuss since it's new year 
the New Year episodes that were produced during the time of Chris Chibnall as showrunner and Jodie as the Doctor. So first things first, Stevie, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that the Christmas special was gone and we were getting a New Year celebration instead? I don't like change. Don't like change, Kenny. Change, my dear. So, change, my dear. I don't remember too soon. No, I am. Um, I, I like. I like my Christmas traditions, and I know it was only tradition since what two thousand and five. Yeah, yeah, two thousand and five. And nineteen sixty-five. Oh, nineteen sixty-five. <laughs> the feast of Stephen. Who can forget it? Um, Named after you. Yes. Well, before I was born. So that's that timey wimey thing, isn't it? I um. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I have to say I was still pleased we were getting Who. Yes. So it was better having Who than no Who. Um, but I, I did feel it was kind of. I like my Christmas Who. I, I know there was some talk of oh well we've done all the Christmas episodes we can possibly can. How can we base an episode around Christmas continually? And I'm thinking yeah, a bit of snow, a few Christmas trees. It doesn't always have to be about Christmas. And uh, yeah, but you know we got the episodes. We did. What did we you did. think? I was surprised, considering that, you know, it's one of the most watched TV days in the country. And it just seemed a bit of a strange decision to sort of give it up when there were, when you're most likely to get your highest ratings of the year or among your highest ratings of the year, season openers, stories with Daleks, and a season finale, particularly if there's a, a fantastic cliffhanger the week before, mm. always the ones that sort of boost the ratings. But it was done it's been made the decision was done so we got on with it and uh, we see what happens so why don't we uh, begin with the very first one of those this is the DNA of the most dangerous creature in the universe what? it's been buried on earth since the ninth century it's not going to stop until it's taken control of this planet it's going to kill anyone that gets in its path. Does it have a name? Let's do what we traditionally do when we're discussing TV episodes. We head over to the wonders that is TARDISFANDOM.com with its incredibly nitpicky, pedantic summings up of each story. So Stevie, why don't you tell us what it has to say about resolution? But not it, of the Daleks. It should be called Resolution of the Daleks. It should, but it was to hide the fact that there were Daleks in it. But then somebody put out a trailer, and well, not just a trailer, put out an announcement that there were. So that kind of that scuppered them. Anyway, <clears throat> I must uh, channel my inner presenter, and here we go. Resolution was the first New Year special of Doctor Who since the End of Time Part Two in 2010. It was broadcast on New Year's Day 2019 and according to Chris Chibnall was a de facto conclusion on series 11, despite the previous story acting as a finale. This episode featured the return of the Daleks, who were the first returning enemies from another era since Chibnall took over as showrunner at the start of the series. As such, this was also the first encounter between the 13th Doctor and the Daleks. The Dalek in this story notably features a new design, the first since the new Dalek paradigm were introduced in 2010's Victory of the Daleks. Resolution is also notable for introducing a new form of Dalek weaponry. Besides the gunstick and manipulator arm, 
Here also in the form of a claw rather than the plunger design, this Dalek also demonstrated possession and the use of multiple short-range missiles behind each of its orbs, who are misses. It also marked the introduction of a new class of Dalek, the Reconnaissance Scout. This story furthers Ryan's character arc by introducing his father, who had been referred to throughout the preceding season, and addressing the conflict between them. Behind the camera, it marked the return of director Wayne Yip, who had previously worked on Doctor Who and Class during the Stephen Moffat era. He was the first returning director since Chibnall became showrunner. It was also the first Chibnall era production to make use of a returning editor, Adele McDonnell, and a returning director of photography, Stuart Biddlecombe. Notably, this episode broke the tradition of yearly Christmas specials, which had aired every 25th of December since 2005. It's quite incredible, the detail that they put in there, isn't it? And the things that sound important, like a returning director of photographer and returning editor. Well, they are important. Yeah, oh, they are important, but it's in terms of, are these the most important facts from the story? Well... I would argue probably not. Mm. I mean, it's lovely to see them get credit, but... Yeah. I suppose what some what it's doing here is kind of saying, look, despite Mr. Chibs going off and that's what we're going to call him from now on, Mr. Chibs, <laughs> going off and, um, you know, clearing the decks and bringing in everyone new. This is the beginning of bringing in people who had done previously. So perhaps that's their important things. I'm not sure. Difficult to tell, isn't it? Could be. So having rewatched this one, Stevie, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, do you know, out of the three that um, we watched, uh, obviously being the first one, I approached it with a bit of trepidation because I couldn't quite remember what I felt about it. Now, I've probably seen this, I think this was my third watching of this one, and I didn't have altogether fond memories of it. I was thought, oh, it's a bit bitty, it's a bit this, a bit that, but actually I was, um, I was quite pleased that I actually enjoyed it. Um, there were bits of it that I thought, well, you know, it's a bit, yeah. But on the whole, I thought the characters were good. I actually enjoyed the interaction with Ryan's father this time before I found it kind of getting in the way of whatever was going on. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually sat down and watched this and thought, yeah, you know, this is a this is a good episode. I think some of the resolution of resolution um, was perhaps a little bit, well, don't know, yeah, but whatever you know it's a good story i mm, wasn't sure after watching others whether they were actually setting this up for the next one or not but i'll discuss that when we come to to revolution interesting because i mean for me this is a a story in three parts i think it starts really well it's got that sort of the intrigue although i did find the dialogue quite clunky sort of the, the flirtatious banter didn't feel very naturalistic to me it felt quite obviously bantery rather than fluid and but no once that was you know aside from that i thought the location for a sewer it looked really nice and i absolutely love the tardis materialization where you've got it reflecting in the water and the ripples oh, yeah, that, that, that was beautiful and at the end of the episode as well and i thought that was it looked incredible i mean it's got to be said all the episodes in the Chibnall Leader pretty much look fantastic. They've got a lovely cinematic kind of look to them. Mm. Um, yep. And I love the time vortex as well. I think it's great. But returning to my thoughts, I thought the first third opened really well. I love the fact you've got the Khaled mutant climbing onto the girl's back and talking to her. And I think that's a horrible sort of 
it's that whole notion of that sort of piggybacking on someone and controlling them and I thought yeah. that's really nice that's a good yeah. idea that's something new something different a bit different from uh, Resurrection the Daleks when they just want to go for your throat and uh, yeah. attack yeah. you and drive so, you mad yeah. exactly uh, so I thought that was a lovely touch and you know the, the investigation going on the fact you know the Daleks been divided up into or I should say the mutant creature has been divided into three and taken around but my goodness that obvious signposting in huge capital letters no it's just it can be done in small letters like typewriter like X-Files used to do it doesn't need to be such yeah. obvious signposting it's obvious it's a change of location going from for example English countryside to this beautiful island um, so yeah, yeah I didn't think it needed that obvious signposting but you know enjoyed the setup and then when it came to stuff you mentioned there about the the family stuff with the return of Ryan's dad, to be honest, that's the point where I switched off mentally. I was just like, oh, yawn, because I I just found Ryan to be not the best written character. I didn't find him particularly engaging, so I kind of zoned out at that point and wasn't particularly enjoying that. And there's you know got very very talky. But then once we get to the the forgery and the new body being created for the Dalek, I love that. Uh, mm. I think it looks great. As you can see, I've got the action figure here. Um, looks recognisable but different. Um, yep. Although I'm not so sure about the three spheres rather than the four. I love the way they opened up and the missiles came out. I thought that was great. Mm. It was attacking the, the troops. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. But like you see, the actual resolution of the resolution I can't actually remember how it was sorted. Was it was it sort of like they put they put things on it to melt it or something? Well, I, again, you know, Ryan's dad was brought in as a salesman, or, or it turned out he wasn't a salesman. He'd created this wonderful um, microwave slash cooker, and that obviously had bits in it that could mm. do damage and melt. I, I'm not quite sure where the power came from. I imagine. I imagine there was a wireless element to that, <laughs> but that that was the the resolution. Right. They, they obviously That's... managed to do something, and I suppose you know you've got to not to put too much of an anorak on me, but you know you're not dealing with absolute pure Dalek here. You're dealing with stuff that's been put together in a farm shed and welded together. So you're not dealing with bonded polycarbide armor, are you? <laughs> so there was a way to, I suppose, kind of defeat it. Uh, but it, it it was all a bit kind of we, we are set up and I have to say this is a problem with um, the RTD stuff as well you're set up with Dalek you know Salt, you know, Salt Lake City population blah 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 all dead you know one Dalek and that's for one episode but when you've got lots of them you know they suffer from Stormtrooper syndrome and they, they can't think and they bump into things and, and you you ended up with a bit of this you know this all powerful Dalek but oh wait a minute Bing! Cooked. <laughs> um, it, it does seem a bit rubbish, considering... Is it meant to be made from Sheffield Steel? If so, it's not a good advert for Sheffield Steel. It's slightly off-colour. Um, but, I mean, the design of it is... I mean, it's generally... It's not bad. It's quite... Um, it's, I mean, the action figure's wonderful, as I sort of play with mm. it. And the fact it's got rotating centre section, which yep. even the... Like the Dalek from Dalek didn't have that in action figure form, so I quite like that. And it's very playable. So thank you, Alger, for that. I'm going to put it down because it's distracting me. Um, but I think from from a, a junk Dalek point of view, like mm. building a junk TARDIS console out of bits of TARDIS, I mean, I think it's a good thing and it'll fire up imaginations and and everything else. But it just was lacking, lacking a little bit. And the fact that a sonic screwdriver could jam the weapon system, well, that would have been handy to know. Yeah. 
a, f- a yep. few a few decades ago, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just as you you run into one, I, I think, and I agree with what you say about the wordy stuff. But that was my not to down Jodie's tenure, but that was one of my problems with a lot of the series. Was we went well, an awful lot of wordy into an episode before anything happened, and unfortunately for kids especially, they're going to turn off. It's wordy, 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 wordy. Oh, we're 15 minutes in before something happens. And that can slow down an episode. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't, because we've had some wonderful bits where we've slowed down, whether it's Capaldi, Tennant, or Smith, or whoever, and given us that. But we've always had action, 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 action. Mm -hmm. And I think there's always a danger. From an amateur point of view as well, you get carried away with what you're doing, and then you've suddenly lost the pace of a show or... Or what you're doing, so yeah. I think it suffered slightly from that. Yeah. But no opening credits, Kerry. Yes, I noticed that as well. I thought that's a bit unusual. Like I do like the theme because sort of you like to know where you're going, what it is. But the other thing, just um, when you're mentioning about um, storytelling, the thing that I found really annoying, which happened in quite a lot of stories, is that rather than sort of have a quick, you know, quick look at the TARDIS console, press a button to tell you where you are, exit the TARDIS, Sonic around, and then sort of like. And then look at it, and it tells you where you are. Basically, you it's lazy storytelling, googling everything, yeah. rather than hitting a button. The TARDIS and knowing, and then that's wasting story time, where you can just get out and go. Oh, here we are at Manchester, whatever it may be, and Sheffield, whatever. I just find that really quite lazy, and just sort of Sonic out. It's your on the go Google, and that to me is the doctors that they're better than that. I think it's it's maybe one of the reasons John Nathan Turner got rid of the Sonic because it was making life too easy the reason they got rid of K9 because it makes the life too easy there's got to be a limit to the Sonic i.e. it doesn't work on wood yes. or it can't do this or it can't do that and, and there's reasons for that because you otherwise it's why the transporter fails on Star Trek yes because if you can bring everyone back you know you're all powerful and you might not as well have a drama <laughs> series so I, I think it's something that you've really got to watch yeah. with that kind of thing but it, it can spur things along but a huge shout out I would say though to um, is it Charlotte Ritchie playing Lynn? Yes she's great she's brilliant I mean to go from la 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 to you know police outfit killing people dragging people in through windows I mean that, that was a great character I would have I'd have loved to have seen more of her um I mean, she got a huge amount of airtime, don't get me wrong. And you can't have her going bad forever, but cracking. And good old Bradley. I really like Oh, he's Bradley so good. Watch. He's brilliant. He is so good. And, uh, you know, they, they make the episode for me. Really do. Also, a shout out to Mr. Briggs. Because he had to do something different in that episode, didn't he? He did. He did. He was very good. And, very, very you know, I'm, I'm a fan of, of I'm a fan of Mr. Briggs um, he does a wonderful Dalek but actually Torchwood, Children of Earth, other things I've heard him in and this was one that he was allowed to develop that, that character again so nice nice Nick nice. nice Nick although I hated it at the time the um unit cutbacks due to budgetary expenditure <laughs> given the time that this was coming out and everything that was going on I thought do you know that just about sums up what was going on in the country so and you know I'm glad we got unit back I'm glad somebody turned around and said you know let's not kill off something that's well loved 
but yeah. that was interesting but at the time I was cross because I thought oh well that's something else that's gone don't yeah. like this <laughs> dear Mr Chibs I have just watched your latest episode please bring back unit that's the that's the eight year old in me wanting to yeah. write to him and say what have you done what have you done uh, I mean for me it's it's decent entertainment it's it's okay it's, I mean it's solid viewing it's it does the job it's not Bar, it's not a barnstormer, but it does something a bit different with the Dalek, and for that, you've got to commend it. Yes, absolutely. And who doesn't love a Dalek episode and a new variant of Dalek? Algier, because it means more molds. More molds, more tools, <laughs> more fun. Tool it up. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So that's the first of the Jody New Year episodes done. Let's move on to the next one, which was Revolution of the Daleks, and let's hear that trailer. How many people in the universe get to meet the Doctor, let alone travel with her? Being with the Doctor, you don't get to choose when it stops, whether you leave her or she leaves you. The Doc would really want us to keep an eye on the planet, right? But how is that possible? If you don't help, the human race is going down. You with us? As of now, you will see new defense drones at work. These machines are going to change the world. Yo, remember us? I'm Captain Jack Harkness, and I'm immortal. Are you feeling insecure? Because you seem to need a lot of praise. Do I? Prepare for maximum extermination. Not you guys. Don't move! Now, Jack! Stay strong. People waiting for you. So Stevie, shall we hear what TARDISFANDOM.COM has to tell us about this episode? I can barely restrain myself, Kenny. Go for it. Revolution of the Daleks was the 2021 New Year special of Doctor Who. It marked the return of Jack Harkness and marked the 13th Doctor's reunion with her companions following the events of TV, The Timeless Children. The episode also saw the departure of Bradley Walsh as Graham O'Brien and Tosin Cole as Ryan Sinclair. Continuing the reconnaissance Daleks storyline that began in TV, Resolution, a new line of Daleks was introduced, cloned from a remnant of the original Recon Scout. It also saw the return of Bronze Daleks, last seen on television in 2017's Twice Upon a Time, leading to a battle between both factions. The Doctor gives Graham and Ryan psychic paper as a parting gift, akin to how the 10th Doctor gave Sarah Jane a new canine and sonic lipstick when they parted in 2006. So, this was a, an interesting one. For me, Christmas episodes should pretty much be standalone and not related to ongoing events from the series that have ended, because given that you're going to be attracting an audience that probably wouldn't normally be watching, I really do think you need to have it as a standalone. And here there's absolutely no recap. There's nothing like that to set you up because obviously coming to this, I hadn't watched the previous episodes and I was like, oh yeah, I'd completely forgotten about that. And um, here's Jodie in a boiler suit in space prison and the others are going about their, their days and um, a little bit, uh, yeah. As also, I noticed that it's interesting, the lighting and the grading of the picture and that how without the Doctor their days seem very grey and without colour hmm interesting I hadn't noticed that I mean there was the recap at the beginning which tells you it's probably going to be a Dalek episode yeah 
But there wasn't um, anything about what you know the events of the previous series with the Judean taking but the Doctor away. There was just too much, and I again, I've been away from that set of episodes too much. I've probably seen them, I've seen them all at least once, some of them twice. But I was struggling to remember. It's a bit like walking into a Marvel, a Marvel film when you haven't seen the previous six. You know, you can kind of follow it, but yeah. Uh, it, it's a tricky it's a tricky when a special is not standalone yeah I'd agree with that and I think that that's what makes them you know when you look at things like the return of Doctor Mysterio and you know, various other ones they're sort of the runaway bride they're all sort of at the end of season they're standalones they're doing their own thing even like the snowmen we meet Clara yep. that sort of thing as Dave and I discussed on Christmas Eve but I really think you know standalone make them a bit different and these both felt like they could have been part of a normal season rather than being yeah, a special yeah. and that's and I don't mean that in an insulting way I just I felt like they're okay the, the special element is the fact they've got the Daleks in them but is that enough to make them special when you consider most seasons normally have a Dalek in them yeah I think you know if you look back to the DT specials apart from um end of time part one and two obviously you know that was the end of end of him and and, and so on but the other ones uh, I forget the name of it but the Bowie base ones and stuff they were more or less standalone yeah you knew the doctor was on his own you knew he will knock four times but that's about all you needed to know and it was really difficult I think I'm not saying they painted themselves into a corner but obviously they put the doctor in prison and then you couldn't just jump to something else. You had to continue, but you you miss that casual viewer who's tuning in on on New Year's Day to see what's going on, and then and then you've lost them. Maybe they didn't have a choice. Maybe you know that's just they've got a special. They've got to do. They've got to do something. I don't know. Don't know. And it was. I I, I kind of struggled with the rewatch of this. For various reasons, because I, 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 you correct me if I'm wrong, Kenny, but it's a wee bit of a rehash of resolution. I felt. Yep. You know, we've already had the Dalek mutant, Dalek mutant taking over people. Okay, there's thousands of Daleks and you know creatures ready to go back into them. That's a wee bit new. But there was nothing really unexpected or new about it. We we kind of all knew what was going to happen. I think it was so well signposted on the way. I do like the fact that um, the guy stops off when he's driving the truck uh, to get his uh, whatever it is, a rolling sausage from the, the Scottish yeah. lady in the van who just so happens to be the one that's uh, going to kill him and nick the Dalek in the van. Yeah. And it's just that's so coincidental. Was, was he really always going to stop off there? To me, that's a little bit of a, a glaring plot hole that um, it's a complete coincidence and no. Maybe, maybe maybe every lay-by had a wee Scottish lady and a burger van waiting for him to appear. Maybe every know. Scottish person is actually a murderer ready to steal what? vans. Ooh, we can't talk about our other careers, can we? Oh, I, I felt genuinely sorry for him. Uh, and, you know, he was a minor character. And I felt genuinely sorry because, you know, they painted him as a nice guy just doing his job, mm-hmm. thinking, thinking about his going home, family now dead. There was no resolution for him other than <laughs> other than death. Yep. I, I also wonder how many times you can 
obliterate a Dalek, leave residue, and grow another one. <laughs> yeah. Because it, you know, I know we're talking about a television show, and I know it's for entertainment, but there comes a point where there isn't enough to scrape off into a Tupperware jar to recreate, especially if you've been fried with a magnetron from a... <laughs> From a toaster oven, you know it's going to better get hot. You're going to get burnt. I don't, I don't know. It, it just, I've written down here amongst other things, but it got a bit cartoony for me, plot-wise. Yeah. Great to see Captain Jack, though. Oh, absolutely. And, and well, when isn't when isn't it a, a pleasure to see the barman do his stuff? That sounds wrong, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I hope I know what you mean. <laughs> Yes, no, it was great to see Jack back and um, and it's obviously, I mean, Chibber's obviously, Mr. Chibbs likes the, the character having written for him in Torchwood Series yeah. 1 and 2 and he's got a natural handle on him. But I think um, he's written for the character more than Russell has, but um, still a you know, great performance and uh, I do love the fact that you know that uh, their device for escaping that time bubble and they've got to run in it and then make their way out which was great and a little repeat of the the Barrowman gun gag with uh, where he hit his vortex manipulator yes yeah, but, and, and, um, the, and, the, and the square gun the square yes, gun as well absolutely which was nice to see that back but, and the interaction yeah. between him him and Yaz you know that's the comedy stuff you know yes you, you need a, need to, what is it she said you need not enough lot of reassurance or whatever do I yes that was quite good and fun that was a good that, thing that was, that was nice that was a good pairing actually and mm. allowed an awful lot of stuff to be said between them and about leaving the doctor you know but it's not your choice when you leave it's it's their choice yep when they when they go yeah, but talking of returning characters, this also brought back that bloke from Arachnids in the UK whose name I've actually had to look up, uh, yep. Jack Robertson, which yes. sounds quite a Scottish-sounding name played by Chris Knopf. I mean, really, is I mean, again, for the casual viewers, here's a character who was in one story, what, 18 months previously? Yep. And it seems a very bizarre choice. I mean, it sounds like, OK, it's Mr Big from Sex and the City, but in terms of the character... He's not really that well sort of get told you work out very quickly. He's a nasty businessman, Trump-like wannabe character, but there's, I don't know, there's just not, he's, he seems very one-dimensional, sort of like, hey, I'm a businessman. I like yeah. money. I want to yeah. make money. Except that you're never quite sure whether he's good or bad, mm. whether he's just in it for himself or not. I don't know whether that's the way the character's written. Again, it, it became a little cartoony. I suppose they brought somebody back in that's already established, so we didn't have to establish somebody new. I can't think of anyone from that era that you'd have brought back in to do. But never a big threat, I felt. It was no. never a, a kind of a, ooh, you know, here's here's an evil bad uh, doing this, and maybe he's not the, the master plan behind it, but... Um, you know, he's he's the evil guy. I, I just never really got that. But then I didn't really get that from Arachnids in the UK either. Mm. He was, you know, a perfectly nice actor, lots of wee bits of comedy and everything mm. else. There's not a bad performance. It just sometimes you just wonder why, who, and how. And then I kind of left it open at the end. Lovely to see Emily Maitlis in there. Oh, I totally. left it open at the end, you know, running for president, etc. But again, no great threat you're thinking oh yeah okay he's running for president yeah ah, next yeah 
but I mean, that's not. I mean, he's, he's good performance. I mean, he's yeah. um, and you do, yeah. but you do think it's Mr. Big from Sex and the City. That was that's what I found rather than thinking, oh, it's Jack Robertson. It's it's, it's just perhaps there wasn't enough to him to make him really stand out in the way that, for example, you look back to season one and uh, Henry Van Staten. Yeah, just that little yeah. bit of extra pizzazz to him. Just that that makes you really remember him to sort of uh, just to push him that beyond being run-of-the-mill baddie of the week. Yeah, it actually needed a Van Staten character in which you could probably have established quite quickly but then you wouldn't have had the, the scenes with Remember Us and you know yeah. the, the, the comedy bits with that so you wouldn't have had you wouldn't have a, a really tricky, I, I suppose another way of writing it would have been he came good in the end mm. but he didn't, he just became indistinct yeah. In the end. And I'd have liked to see more of the Prime Minister. I really didn't take to her at all. I found her quite generic. So sort of like, I don't think she had enough screen time though. I I think true. That the, the, there was no development of that. Maybe maybe if she'd taken maybe if we'd had him in briefly and then she'd taken him out with one of his security drones and then become the evil band. But it was a kind of an attempt to do um a Penelope Wilton style yes. character without the you liking the Penelope Wilton. Mm. I mean, even though what she did in the Christmas invasion uh was not nice to the Sycorax, you knew why she did it. You still had a bit of respect for her and all the way through until her death. Sorry, spoilers people. You felt for her, you know, she was a good character. I had the feeling they were trying to do something similar here, but in the end they were just going to write out that character, so... Tell me, Kenny, Amnesia, were the silence in this episode? Had, had, were they back on Earth? Because, do you know, the difference no. between a security zone, a security drone, mm. and a Dalek... Or have I missed something? Have we had a massive retcon? There <laughs> this because all because there was the silent in the prison with Jodie, which I thought was a nice touch, uh-huh. um, and a few obviously there was the oud in there as well. I thought that was quite nice. Um, that's a good point. I mean, I quite. I mean, the design of the, the security drone was it was interesting. I like the color scheme. You know, the, with the blue lights coming out, I thought that looked really good. And obviously, it goes red when they've got the Khaled mutants inside them. Yeah. And I, mean, I quite enjoyed that stuff, particularly the the fight with the with the mutants when they go to Japan, the Doctor and Yaz. I thought that was really good fun. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so just like obvious, like we're battling with rubbish rubber monsters and <laughs> um, having a laugh with that. Um, but I mean, I quite like the design of it, but it's there was no way it was ever going to last because they look either A, it's one remote control model and they've just cloned it many times on screen or it's all CGI and it never quite convinces as a physical prop, if that makes sense. No, I, yeah, I would agree. I think looking back, you know, the redesign for the Bronze Daleks, obviously somebody took a long time to look at that because you could you you can take Dalek designs and you can go to the nth degree, but what is actually practical, as has been proved, from the um, forgive me what I'm about to say, the power the Power Ranger Daleks, you know, <laughs> the new the, paradigm, the, the new paradigm, great design but bulky and big and difficult to transport and difficult to model and they soon went into obscurity the reconnaissance drone on which these were based on it's just again 
it's a, a good evolution of design but you're still going back to well actually we need the skirt and we need this bit that fits on and this bit that fits on and they're squat and they're small and we can get them in and out and I mean kudos to designers for going to do different things I've got nothing against that but yeah you knew there were going to be a kind of a, a one-shot wonder I think unless yeah. unless we're proved wrong later who knows I somehow suspect if they do new Russell does new ones, there'll be new, new, new ones. But yeah, uh, yeah it was. I mean, it was nice to see the 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 bronze ones turn up. And I actually, I did quite like that idea of the the Doctor luring, you know, sort of using Daleks to destroy Daleks. But then there's that whole thing of you brought them to the Earth and sort of like how you're going to get rid of them. And then she's got that. Well, we're sort of we'll worry about that later. Yeah. And just so conveniently has the other Tardis there. But I mean, I would say I think it's a it's a great ploy. Using Daleks versus Daleks, um, something akin to which which Big Finish did in Dalek Empire Series Two, where they had uh, two lots of competing Daleks with one against the other. Um, Blood but, of the Daleks did it as well. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, cleverly, very cleverly. I, I, yeah, I think though that, um, and again, it's nitpicking, but yes, follow me into the TARDIS, and they all go into the TARDIS. Which is a bit convenient, and yeah. but then you can say the same about Doomsday, you know, sucking everyone in through the um, the portal back to the parallel universe or to the void. You know, no Cyberman was clinging onto a lamppost. There weren't any left behind. You know, it's it's all just assumed that everyone's everyone's zooming in there, and that's when I I think it's a bit cartoony. It's you know, it's a way to solve the problem. Would the Doctor really bring Daleks to Earth though? Unlikely, you know, unlikely. With the time scale that we are on about as well, time travel, everything else, it's all a bit. So, yeah. But you know, you've got to defeat them. You can't just say, "Oh dear, I can't work out how to do this." Would you like to sit down and have some gravy, Daleks? <laughs> Sorry, that's my that's my best Jodie impression. But you've got to have some kind of of uh, resolution. Yeah. Um. So and you know. Again, the spare TARDIS was a hangover from the previous series, and that's why it was there, yeah. which was quite handy to have. But unless you knew about that, absolutely, the fact of it folding up was great. Yeah, but was that just the exterior or the interior? Both. What happened to the interior dimensions? Probably both are they were still compressed. there? Mm. Well, you know, there's a there's Ruthless. a there's a short trip for you. Oh, very true. And this one, as I mentioned earlier, it's the departure of Graham and Ryan. And so, like you mentioned with the last episode, I think Graham's great. I think that uh, Bradley Walsh is, without a doubt, so much charisma to him, so much fun to him, and just that um, sort of a, a bit a bit real world coming through. And I think, for me, he is the best written of the regulars. I think so. I think... Um... You know, I'm thinking about, I can't even remember the episode name, but thinking back to his interaction with Jack, hello Silverfax, you know, that was in that Prisoner episode, of the Jadun. Prisoner of the Jadun, and they were written so well together, I was disappointed yeah. there wasn't there wasn't more of that. Um, mm -hmm. I think he is, I think he's well written, but he, I suppose he has the experience above the others yeah. to know what's what. He, he has a twinkle, but he can turn that sadness on. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't really want to, to leave. Um, you know, but Ryan was going, and he didn't want to miss out on Ryan. And you saw that kind of that sadness. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think the well, there's there was two goodbyes here, um, so I'll get rid of the the frivolous one first. Uh, John Barrowman obviously wasn't available to shoot inside the TARDIS at some point because yep. um, you know he, they, they did the voiceover and he was gone. That was a bit weird. Probably perfectly good reasons for it. Um, again, you're talking about a standalone episode. For those who are just watching it, suddenly to have it all slowed down at the end, and the the goodbye, and then the even longer goodbye with the bike at the end. And unless you have been watching from the beginning, you're thinking, why are they up a hill with a bike? Is that dyspraxia has not been mentioned yeah. that often? No, and and who's that mysterious woman that appears? And all I have to say for those of you who understand, ribbit. <laughs> or um, for those of you who have children who were born around two thousand and five, two thousand and six, can you find Boo? It's all you have to do. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, they were explaining they had the psychic paper and they, they were obviously going to go off and do other things and save the earth and so on. But um, it would be like stringing out Tegan's goodbye saying yeah. you know I don't want to go and then her not running off and then having a 10 minute conversation about why she should stay and she says well I'm still going Yeah, but we're all good now it wouldn't have been I think it just needed to be a bit speeded up um, yeah. a, a, you, sometimes a shock leave is better than a long one yes I suppose that's yeah or going not on their own terms I think is often yeah. more interesting but Oh well, gone for now, but, but um, I'm sure that one day Graham will return. Well, that would be great if he returned. And you know, I think Tozen returning as well. I think, as with all these things, I think different writings, different writings, different scenarios. Um, who knows what, what could come out of it? Um, it's not a bad episode, Kenny. It just no. It sounds like we have just, been really down on it. It's yeah. It's competent. It's absolutely competent, and it's it's watchable. But I think it relies too much on knowing the backstory. And I think for New Year's Day, it makes it slightly more inaccessible to the general public. And I think yeah. that's that's the big danger when you are going to pick up people who are hungover, put the telly on, what's on here, and if they're not following it, they're going to change channel and they'll be watching. Gardening World or whatever in BBC Two. I think that the DT specials have proved something. You had three specials and not a Dalek in them. <clears throat> now, I love Dalek as much as the next person who loves Daleks, but you don't always have to have them. They're not always your saviours. And sometimes you just need clever situations, clever writing, and a wee bit of comedy, and you're away. And I think it just lacked some of that, but not a bad episode. We are just being ultra, ultra critical, I think. And because we are fans, it's maybe we're fans. And I think it's maybe something that you know they, they could have done a different kind of episode, and they could have done another episode which included the departure, yeah. or they could have done the departure prior to that, and then the Doctor going to prison. But I suppose that wouldn't work. There's so many so many variables but once you start tying everything in knots you've got to try and explain it yeah and we all know when we're doing writing as you and i do that's the the hardest bit you've come up with a great idea but how you explain it all how do you tie it up in the end and that is a skill and 
it's not that they haven't done it it's just been so much to do in such a short time yeah I'm going to stop talking now Kenny that's alright I think let's see we've, we, it's watchable it's enjoyable but we just think there's opportunities where it could have been better and that's yeah. what's frustrating because you can see the potential is there it's good but it's not perfect and that's that's probably a fair way of summing it up I, I said it in the um, the Dalek episode, the colouring, coloured, the colours of the Daleks, which we call it, the crayons of the Daleks podcast. Sometimes you need to look at this stuff and say, right, we need to re-edit. You know, sometimes you are too close to it, and you actually have to say to somebody, I've I've made this, I'm, but I'm not happy with it. Can you re-edit it for me? Uh, because sometimes we can be too precious about this stuff, and you've got to cut, 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 cut and let it flow and it's horrible I don't like it I don't like it when someone else takes my stuff and rehashes it I hate it but it does produce a better product right, so so that's New Year 2021 out of the way let's skip forward 12 months to Eve of the Daleks and let's hear the trailer for it Happy nearly New Year Hiya Nick Here we are again Here we are again Anyone else got a proper deja vu? We're stuck in a time loop, we'll kill our robots. Yeah, that makes sense. Does it? It will kill everything not within its own image. Shoot. Stevie, I'm going to be kind to you. Since you read out the massive, massive entry at the start when we were talking about resolution of the Daleks, which it really should be called, then uh, I'm going to save you and I'm going to read out what our friends over at TARDISFANDOM.COM had to say about this one. I thought we could maybe swap paragraphs, Kenny. Okay, let's do that. Eve of the Daleks was the 2022 New Year special of Doctor Who. It continued from the end of The Vanquishers, which saw the Doctor's TARDIS still damaged from the Great Disruption. But with great planning, Kenny's forgotten to send me the actual text, so I'm going to make it up. <laughs> well, you weren't meant to read it in the original place, because it was meant to be John, so in that case, I'll just continue, you, you cheeky monkey. Just, you just carry on. Attempting to reboot it, the 13th Doctor accidentally traps elf storage and everyone inside it within a time loop. It also dealt with the consequences of the Doctor allowing the Dalek Warfleet to be destroyed by the Sontaran Empire in the final flux event, with Dalek executioners being sent to exterminate the Doctor in revenge. Notably, the episode was the first to explicitly establish Yasmin Khan's feelings towards the Doctor as being romantically inclined. Now, Stevie, I'm going to put my cards on the table for this one. This is my second favourite Jodie episode. Okay. After the power of the Doctor. I really enjoyed this one and there's just... The fact is it's got a bit more fun in it again, which was great. Watching this one again cold, think, oh, oh, the TARDIS is in trouble. That happens. It happens a lot. So it's a case of, okay, get out. The TARDIS has landed somewhere and it's in a storage facility. The fact it's not an island paradise as they were hoping for, which made me laugh. And 
the fact that we get early doors. Uh, you've got my wonderful, beloved Ashling B, who I would love to have been the Doctor. I think she's fantastic. So much charisma. She's brilliant. And we've got her encountering the gentleman called Nick, shouting to him. And then the Dalek says, I am not Nick. Voiced by Nicholas Briggs, of course, which makes me <laughs> smirk. I thought that was a, a lovely little in-joke. So well done, Chris Chibs, for that one. Um, but I really enjoyed this one. The fact is, it's time loopy, which makes it a bit different. Uh, it's not something that Doctor Who's often done on the telly, and the repeated exterminations were great fun. And the fact that it's a different kind of Dalek as well. That gun that it's got, that repeater gun, that is horrific. And you can imagine if they had those in the Time War, I'd be like, oh, Time Lords, you're in trouble. And um, I thought it was great. I thought, you know, the fact that it looks a little bit different. And um, who knows, one day we may even get an action figure of it. Does Algier have an answer? Yes, he does. Do I know what the answer is? Yes, I do. Am I telling you? No, I'm not. So it's uh, very enjoyable. I just love the fact the setup is good. The fact that you know we recognise this as a very recognisable location. The fact that it's effectively a base under siege type story as well, contained setting, and the fact it's been made obviously post COVID has kept the cast down. It's kept the location to a, you know, a particular place and I think it actually works for that. It's got constraints placed upon it and it really, really works for me. I thought it was great fun, good characters and I think the fact obviously you've got a smaller regular crew helps as well. Although Dan is a nice bloke but he's just there. There's not really that much character to him I felt. I think he's he's, he's a decent guy but he's just like a bloke in the TARDIS. It could be anybody and uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm not a fan of John Bishop, but I just thought the character of Dan was just, he's there and he's not particularly doing anything much. So I don't know if that's me being a little harsh, but generally I really enjoyed this one. Really, really enjoyed it. I love the fun of it. I love the resolution of it. And it's just, it's entertaining. I think it's very entertaining. I found it fun and compared to the, the last two it was standalone yeah you needed to know a tiny bit about uh, Flux had caused damage to the TARDIS but actually you didn't it just the TARDIS is damaged and we're, we're going off to do it I love Ashling B I think she's just brilliant I, I've, I've watched I mean obviously I've, I've discovered her through comedy but she was in a drama series as well and mm-hmm. I can't remember um, James Nesbitt I'm sure it was and it was all very gritty and stuff and she's just such a, a fun actress even when she's under duress she was still so watchable mm-hmm. I love the fact it's basically it's a it's a kind of a revamped Groundhog Day without all the fun bits in it you know because they, <laughs> they've got so little time to do but that's clever as well in the the counting down the counting down less each loop um yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just a well-written episode. I, I know what you mean about Dan. I'm actually a huge fan of John Bishop, the actor. I'm not such a huge fan of John Bishop, the comedian. Again, I've seen him in a few things where he's actually allowed to act, and I really like it. This one, oh, to say he was a spare part, that's unfair. But he didn't have an awful lot to do. In that but he had the exposition oh don't you know how she feels about you it, you know he was there for a reason but i think am i right he had one more episode than he was written out 
or a couple two more. more episodes. Two more. Two more. He's, he's got so, the Sea Devils one, then he's gone at the start of power. Yeah. So, you know, they'd, they'd already decided, I think, that he was going and he was just there. He, he was he was never going to have any further character development, I feel, or much more than, than he got. I think, you know, it's nice to see another variant of Daleks and it's yep. nice to see... Um, uh, you know, them learning, and then there's one, then there's two, then there's three. Uh, new Dalek gun is great, uh, but they do suffer from Stormtrooper Syndrome later on in the episode. You know, they're very accurate, very accurate, but then they keep missing, which is, you know, important for our heroes because we don't want them to die, die, die. Mm. But I just mentioned it in passing. I love the Sarah and Nick characters. I thought they, they were really nice. Yep. I mean, it's the whole thing's the doctor's fault. If she wasn't there, then none of this would have happened. I love elf service, self service, because yes. the S fell off. That's just, that's just, uh, that's clever. That's just cracking. But Kenny, 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 has nobody learned from the last two episodes? Well, if you manage to blow up Daleks, you're going to do a bit of cleanup. Because, you know, if there's any residue, a new mm-hmm. president of the United States might be making drones. I digress, but yeah. Again, the only thing I didn't really like. But then how else do you do it? How tough are Daleks? You know, Daleks come out of here, come out of there, they survive this, they survive that. But apparently a firework building falling on them is enough to split them up. The Oaks, you have to ask also, well, that new repeater was fantastic in terms of its destructive capability on people. It couldn't blast its way through an aluminium door when they were taking refuge inside uh, the storage unit. Also, the other thing to point out, Nick, very, very creepy stalker man. Very, very creepy. And I think that's something that's not fully addressed and it's in an age when, you know, we've seen the horrendous effects of what obsessed creepy stalker men can do. It wasn't really sort of properly looked at and sort of said, mate, what you're doing is really, really wrong. It almost becomes like a joke. But was it was it that he was just using it as an excuse to see her? You know, but then how many curls had he gone through? That sounds yeah. really bad. I, w- I wish I could phrase that in a different way. That sounds no, horrible, but, but it means it how makes many sense. sets of Monopoly, how many curls, how many shoes, how, how big a storage space has he got? This yeah. is a bit worrying. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I do think that it's actually it makes good use of the time loop, and that makes it entertaining for that because you think how are they going to get out of this because they keep getting caught up in it and exterminated, yep. and uh, I love that extermination effect as well. It's so good. Um, it was it was it was really good because remembrance was, to the next level. Yes, we so often have seen it fleetingly, and then this kind of. How many, how many ways can we kill everybody and show it differently? They certainly weren't shying away from using the effect, but it wasn't a repeat. It was different each time. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a generic effect. They were just applying. They had to think about the skeletons. They had to think about who and what there. So, oh, do you know, just a fun, a fun, fun episode. And you could make a game out of this. Actually. Yes. You know, that, that would. would be... It would make a fantastic game, and you know, set it in different locations. You know, start there, set it in different locations, different puzzles to solve. Mm-hmm. 
you and I could make a small loss, Kerry, if we put our minds to that. And yes, absolutely. <laughs> Something also that reminds me, you've just popped into my head, um, the fact that the story is called Eve of the Daleks, which is obviously a play on evil of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. And remember that um, the novelist and big finish writer Jonathan Morris pointed this out and then he also pointed out hang on a minute I'm the guy who wrote a script called Genetics of the Daleks so who am I to criticise <laughs> which but, made me laugh yeah it's, it's funny I, I do you know it's a simple episode well executed take that as you will yes <laughs> no, I think it's it's entertaining and for the right reasons it's mm-hmm. it's see it's I think Jodie's great in this I mean I think her first sort of encounter with the Dalek and when she's you were speaking to it she has got that sort of she's found the right sort of level of authority in her voice which sometimes wasn't quite there in previous encounters I think there, there were bits of it in um, the previous uh, one but in this one she's I think she's absolutely by this point she's well she knows she's leaving at this point but maybe there's almost like there's like you know it's end of term let's go out and let's have fun and there's that sort of element to it perhaps i i think with different writing she could have been completely different and i hope we see that in the future i hope we see a different style i think you may be right that you know coming towards her end she knew that was happening maybe she was given a bit more leeway to do to do stuff and again i i I suppose as I watch this, I know we had, you know, Timeless Child and everything else, and we talk about character development in our companions. I don't know how much character development I have been aware of over her tenure. Uh, that'd be my comment. DT changed, Matt Smith changed, Peter Capaldi certainly changed over his tenure. She didn't really. Now, whether that's a, a writing thing or a you know, a, an arc thing or a showrunner thing. I, I don't know. It was slightly different in this episode. And as she approached her finals, there was there was more and more of this. It's just, you know, I've seen her in all kinds of things. And she's been so different. And her characters have been... She can be a very intense actor with those eyes. And I think all our doctors have been intense but I don't always get that from her but there was do you know when she didn't want to say goodbye in the previous episode and she didn't want to talk about Yaz stuff you can see that but yeah you know that was it that's what she got yeah of course you talk about character development and at the end of this one of course as mentioned in the TARDIS fandom bit talking about the revelation of Yaz's feelings towards the Doctor, creating this Thasman thing that fans are talking about. I don't get this. Is it the Doctor and Yaz becomes Thasman? No, surely it'd be Doxman or something like that. I don't get that. Anyway, stupid name. I mean, I was thinking about this, and the only previous indication that there was anything like that were those moments with Jack in Revolution of the Daleks, where she's talking. But to me, it's sort of it's, it doesn't. That was never. And I never read that romantically, even when watching it back, knowing how things have gone. And it's more like a sort of concern, sort of like, it's my friend and I enjoy travelling about, but there's nothing romantic to it. And it just seemed very... It just seemed like this is something like fans had wanted and all of a sudden, there it is. 
Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Well, I'm, I'm going to go off-piste a little because I'm a fan of a program called NCIS. I don't know if you've watched that. I am aware of its existence. Um, so there's a character, Leroy Jethro Gibbs, who's in it from the beginning, or the previous series, Jag. And we do an entire one, two seasons. He's a complicated character. He's really complicated. Um, but he's a fun character. He's smiley. He's this and that. And then all of a sudden, I think in the third series or the fourth series, they give him a backstory where previously to everything we've seen, spoilers, everybody, stop listening if you don't want to know, his um, wife and daughter were murdered by a drug baron when he was out of the country serving the army. So we had no inkling of this up until this point, no inherent sadness, just a character who didn't talk a lot about family and stuff, but I don't think they'd planned this. I just thought, oh, we're, we're going to need some character development here. So this is what they shoved in. And it works for what it is. I don't know whether this was the case here, that, you know, you had two characters who were getting along and they decided, right, we're going to do some character development and this is what we've decided. Because the actors get on so well and blah, 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 let's go with this. But it, it's quite difficult as an actor if if you are suddenly two years in to something and then you're told, oh, by the way, your character is this. You've got to make a lot of adjustments. And then if you knew from the beginning, they might say, listen, we're not going to make a big thing of this, but let's do this, let's do that, let's play this, let's play that. And I just, I kind of get that feeling. I never, I never saw it coming. And that's fine. Do you know, if, if that's, if that's the relationship the characters have, that's absolutely fine. I don't have a problem with it, but sometimes nope. stuff like this just comes out of nowhere. And it's not even as if there's been longing looks or whatever, whatever, whatever. It's just suddenly out there. And I know there was a big fan thing about this and that, but hey, there was a big fan thing about Jim Kirk and Spock. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do anything with that, you know. No. I don't know. I, it, it's, it's, it's odd. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the whole sort of Martha Jones thing, where it's there pretty much in the word go, the yep. unrequited love, and it's it's there from her first glances and the fact that she's met this brilliant guy and she's there, she's given him these looks and he's completely oblivious to it, you know, sort of like, you know, taking her to places he used to take Rose and there's these comments in there. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's very much there, it's clear to see. And I think it, it almost felt like it was done because that's what a lot of the fans who'd stuck with the show were wanting. They were sort of baying for it on Twitter, so sort of like give them what they want, but then nothing happened to it because, I mean, literally, you look at the end of Power of the Doctor and it's like, uh, I'm going to regenerate, I'm going to do this on my own, see you later, rather than I'll be back in five minutes and yeah. maybe someone else, which it didn't feel a natural end to it, sitting on top of the TARDIS, what was it, eating sandwiches or ice cream, and yeah. um, it just didn't feel like a natural end to it. It just felt it was, meh. It is what it, well, it was what it was, and that was it. I, I relate it back to Sarah Jane and the Doctor. Now, you can argue in School Reunion that there was more to their relationship than we saw on screen. But you could get that. If you go back and watch that, you could understand that there might have been a wee bit more or not 
nothing happened, but you know, a love between. But you just don't get that from these from these characters. <sighs> Fine, give the fans what they want sometimes. But I think this needed a much longer development rather yep. than just saying, oh, right, this character's going to end, so let's stuff this in and let's have some unrequited love and let's have some sadness. Yep. It did not make me sad, and it should have done. <laughs> it should have been that Doctor and Rose. And this isn't about gender. This isn't, you know... Far from it, no. You know, this is about the implied relationship and the feelings between them. I just I just didn't I just didn't get it. Surely it's it would have been better to do a friendship thing that was less kind of I don't know, in your face or mm. or demanding or or saying, right, we're gonna do this cause it's the right thing to do. It's no you needed to just start to develop this five episodes ago. Yeah. Six episodes ago. Yeah, if it'd been throughout flux and there'd been looks throughout and just comments and asides throughout rather than just all of a sudden dropping it at the end. No. It, it just felt forced and that's and not a fan-pleasing thing rather than something mm-hmm. that the drama was actually building up to as something that had been developed previously. So, Which, which no. is a shame. It's a shame that they left it so long to do that if yep. that was what they wanted to do. And fans will, will carry this on and they will develop it amongst a small a small variety of fans but it will never be canon canon it'll just be something that was that was there yeah very much so but it seems like we're again with the ending of it we're, we're coming down on it but no as I said it's my second yeah. favourite Jodie episode I'd say it's fun but it was just that ending just didn't quite cut the mustard for me but off they go on their adventures to head off to China and an encounter with some fantastic looking sea devils Yes, well, they were fantastic looking, weren't they? Yeah, we'll have to discuss it sometime because I've not watched that one since uh, quite a wee while. So yes, it'll be interesting to come back and re-examine that one. I think that that was a, a once a once only for me. My my year's been a bit tricky, yes. so I think I just I just saw it once. Um, but I loved I loved the costume. I definitely loved the costume in that one. But but we're spreading into we mustn't spread into that episode because we were talking about Daleks and exactly. Good. Eve of the Daleks was. Exactly. So, yes, it definitely was. So, there we go. Well, that went on uh, a little bit longer than expected, but uh, it was worth it. It was worth it. A good a good bit of insight and uh, so on. Do you know what? Instant Dispo we're here. I've got, as you can see, Stevie and the YouTube viewers at home. Hope you're enjoying your first show here. My telly up there, that's where I put the episode on this afternoon as I worked. And uh, it was useful for background because... It was quite nice to have just something a little bit different but i've also discovered that the remote control battery had gone and uh, also that the blu-ray player up there doesn't actually respond uh, to the control was uh, the actual machine wouldn't let the disc go so i had to put three loads of batteries in before i found a set of batteries that would actually work so i'm surprised you found time to actually watch it sounds like it was at least an hour before you could get that bit of equipment going <laughs> it felt like it it felt like it tell me kenny Yes, you know, of all these, um, all these things we've discussed today, Kenny, have you got any inkling about the uh, kind of thing you might want to play out with? Well, Stevie, I'm glad you asked me that because I was thinking about that earlier and thought, what's the song? So sort of, like, it's a new year, and um, what sort of says New Year 
sort of something that's old and something new. You'll bring out the old and bring in the new. And I thought something that uh, something that's old that's about something new. And I thought a bit of ABBA and their great song "Happy New Year." You're quite clever at this stuff, aren't you? <laughs> I just made that. I literally, I hadn't even thought about it before we'd started. So I just came up with that on the spot there. So yeah, there we go. Something old, something new at the same time. So let's go with that, Stevie. Fair enough, Kenny. Sounds good to me. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your company tonight. And well, listeners, thank you, thank you for yours as well, listeners. We hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, this will be the first of definitely not 80 plus episodes this year, but uh, we do intend to have a few and uh, we've actually got a few episodes up our sleeves already with some future interviews. So what are they? Oh, there's only one way to find out. Keep tuning in to The Power of Three when we drop our episodes every Thursday or most Thursdays. Stevie, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you very soon. And uh, let's hand over to Agnetha, Bjorn, Benny, and Anna Fried. Say. Happy 